Hey guys. Hey everybody. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Chase. And this is Crime with a K. episode of 2023 oh that's crazy what a good year what a good year the year i met chase the year i met kelsey <laughs> plus i guess join a podcast join a podcast it's becoming a lot more popular it's becoming very popular move to a new city yeah say did i you moved in 2022 no no you didn't no i didn't you moved in 2021 yeah i, I moved to a new city yeah we just wanted to say thank you so much for listening to us this past year. Honestly, it, even though the podcast didn't start till April, early end of March, you guys have been like, we have the kindest audience in the world and you guys truly do. You're what keeps us showing up every single week to share different cases. So happy new year. I hope that 2023 is so good to you. I hope that you've made your goals. We've had done ours, but yeah. And uh, you guys have been great to her. You've been great to Kelsey. You've been so nice. To you and too. Let's yeah. I'm well, I'm just saying, like, oh. I came late. Yeah. She she's the one that started it from the ground up. You've been awesome. Thank you. And um let's make a next year even better. Yeah. Crush big goals with this podcast. Yeah, let's crush it next year. Crush it. Crush it. So with that being said, we'll jump into coffee of the day. So my coffee of the day. I had I had to end the year with my favorite coffee in the entire world, the peanut butter banana milkshake coffee from New England Coffee. I have been asked before why I don't have them sponsor the podcast. I actually did have four meetings with them to like go back and forth on sponsoring, but they just didn't feel comfortable sponsoring a crime podcast, which like totally understandable. That's usually how it goes a lot of the times. But just so you guys know, I have talked to them. They're very aware that I'm literally obsessed with their you coffee. Tried. I've tried, but they're, they literally said they were like, we think that you're great. We just can't put our name on something that talks about yep. murder. And I'm like, no, totally fine. That's great. But Makes total sense. I'll link them below because their coffee is so good. The peanut butter banana milkshake with, I've been doing... I've been doing oat milk because Chase... We ran out of the other stuff. Yeah, and Chase's aunt gave me oat milk for Thanksgiving. Yeah, so we reuse resources. And then I'll be back to my extra creamy. Chase, did you have a coffee of the day? What, the double extra insane chocolate? (laughs) Yeah, you had that again. I had that again. He's having Mm. that in the mornings. I did on weekends, Mm -hmm. but not on weekdays. I just get up and go to work. But yeah, I tried that again. It was all right. Can't complain. Drank a decent bit of it. Nice toasty hot coffee in the morning. Yeah, nice toasty hot coffee. Nice toasty hot coffee. So today we're going to be covering the case of Casey Anthony. That bitch. Okay, so Casey Anthony's documentary came out on Peacock, and it's called Where the Truth Lies. I watched a little snippets on TikTok. Honestly, like, I love y'all to death, 
but I have my own assumptions of her, so I didn't want to give her money by watching it, which that's what happens if you sign up for Peacock. So I watched some snippets on TikTok enough to give me a gist of the things that she was saying and how she was feeling. So wanted to recover this case just so that, you know, this happened so long ago. It happened in like 2008, 2010. That's so a, long ago. So, yeah. Well, like to it us, feel like, like it, yeah. I mean, I was little when this case aired. Like yeah, my I was mom, too. she was watching it on TV, but I didn't understand. I just knew like everybody thinks this woman's guilty for killing her baby. And then all of a sudden she wasn't guilty. Yeah. I had no idea. I thought she was guilty the whole time. And then when she, the only thing I knew about was everyone said she was guilty. Yeah. And then I found out she was not guilty. And everyone was like, oh, mm-hmm. but that's the extent of what I knew. Right. And it, it it goes so much deeper than that, like the facts and the end, like her, she goes so much deeper than that. So I wanted to share that case and then kind of bring some light to that because I know all of a lot of the listeners that we have are around our age. So yeah. Casey Marie Anthony was born on March 19th, 1986 in Warren, Ohio, and Casey had a brother, Lee, and Lee and Casey were born to George and Cindy Anthony. George Anthony was born on September 5th, 1951. We're birthday twins. Oh, except just a little older. Yeah, just a little older. Just a little. Just like 50 years older. Yeah. In Niles, Ohio. And when he was 22 years old, George joined the Trumbull County Sheriff's Department in 1974. George Anthony was a homicide detective for 10 years. But in 1985, he quit law enforcement at the age of 33. In 1989, George and his family moved to Orlando, Florida, where he worked as a security guard. And he did have... Wait, so why did he... So he went from police officer to security guard? Yeah. So obviously it probably wasn't a good ending. No. I, there's really nothing I could find on his past. But to be honest, like, you worked at a sheriff's department for 10 years, but then you quit. Then you quit and then start working as a security guard. Right. Seems a bit off. Off, yeah. So he did have some other odd jobs too, but his main job was a security guard. So I was kind of like, why didn't you just go back into law enforcement? But I think we all kind of know why. Yeah, I, yeah, I can assume. I can assume, yes. Casey Anthony was a bright, personable young girl with friends and what many thought to be living the average, ordinary American life in the average, ordinary American family. But friends of Casey said that she had a very big pattern of lying and that she was very good at it. Okay. They all said that they really noticed this when she was in high school, but ultimately it wasn't bad enough to cost her any friendships. The biggest lie of all, though, was when Cindy and George attended Casey's graduation along with her grandparents, only to discover that she was several credits short of graduating, so she wasn't actually able to graduate high school. Yeah, I don't know how you pull that lie off. They literally got all the way to the graduation. Oh my god, my parents would be so mad. Yeah, <laughs> sitting there waiting for oh me to walk. God. Yes, get, get everyone paid tickets for the graduation, got theirs. Yep. Everyone is excited. Yep. My grandparents are there, like family it would be like more of like an you embarrassed us you st- oh i'd feel so humiliated yeah. oh yeah casey had stopped attending classes towards the end of the school year but led her family to believe that she would walk with her graduating class yeah that's that's not good when casey was 19 she gave her family yet another big shock casey had put on a lot of weight and weight in very specific areas <laughs> yeah because of this her parents suspected that she was pregnant Casey immediately denied it, claiming that she was a virgin, and became very angry at her parents for not only assuming that she was pregnant, but that they could even think of something like that. Several months later, Casey finally told her parents the truth. She was in fact pregnant, but she refused to tell her parents who the father was. On August 9th, 2005, Kaylee Anthony was born. 
When Kaylee was born, Casey pointed to two different men who could have been the father of the baby, one being her then-fiancé, Jesse Grund, as well as another guy who she'd previously dated that had passed away in a car accident. But why would you refuse to tell her if it was either? I think it's someone else. Mm-hmm. I think it's someone obviously like was maybe a little older, maybe a role model, maybe someone that was close to her that's older. Like some, I think it's someone that's like you. They can't. She can't tell. Mm-hmm. A friend of Casey said that she had talked about giving the baby up for adoption when she was born, but was discouraged and talked out of it by her mother. For the next few years, Casey and her new daughter Kaylee lived with Casey's parents, and Jesse Grun, Kaylee's or Casey's fiance, acted as Kaylee's father. Jesse even believed that Kaylee might be his own baby, but the timing of Casey's conception made it completely improbable because the two were not together at that time. And if they were, it was very, very new in their relationship. Yeah, like, maybe that's why he maybe didn't want, she didn't want to say anything. Right. Because it was so early. So early and she didn't want to ruin that. There was, there was a DNA test that was done and it was confirmed that Jesse Grund was not Kaylee's father. Ah, shit. (laughs) The identity of Kaylee's father still to this day remains unknown. Yeah, I think it's somebody that... That was never named. Yeah, that does not want to be known. In mid-June of 2008, when Kaylee was two years old, Casey and her mother got into a huge argument because Cindy, Casey's mom, had called Casey's suitability as a mother into question. Casey left the house and took Kaylee with her, and she never came back. Over the next few weeks that followed, Cindy would call Casey to check in on Kaylee, and every single time, Casey told Cindy that Kaylee was out with her babysitter, Zaneda aka Zanny Fernandez Gonzalez. On July 13th, Cindy and George received a letter saying that Casey's car was taken to a tow yard, and George then went to go pick up the car and found Casey's purse in the car along with Kaylee's car seat and all of her toys. George then noticed a strong smell, and George did work in homicides when he was in law enforcement, and he said that it smelled like decomp coming from the trunk of the car. Oh, God. George went home and told Cindy, who immediately became alarmed, and then went and hunted down the address of Casey's new boyfriend, Tony Lazaro. Cindy then showed up and found Casey at Tony's home and basically freaked out about the car and the smell in the car. And this is when Casey Anthony immediately broke down and told her parents that she had left Kaylee with her nanny, a.k.a. Zanny, a.k.a. Zaneda Fernandez-Gonzalez, in Orlando on June 16th, and that Zanny... Sorry. Sorry. Just like <laughs> I'm probably jumping ahead, but like, what the? F- why the fuck? What is going on? Okay. Just like left her for the day, like you would leave a baby with a nanny while you're at work. Okay. On June 16th, and that Zanny had actually kidnapped Kaylee. So a whole month ago, this two-year-old was reportedly kidnapped by her nanny Zanny, and you're just chilling. And now she's now crying about it? Mm-hmm. Fuck out of here. On July 15th, 31 days after two-year-old Kaylee had disappeared, Cindy, Kaylee's grandmother, called 911 three times to report her granddaughter missing. She reported Kaylee missing and told the 911 operator that someone had stolen her car and that wa- that's why it was in the tow yard. The call to 911 was that Casey had stolen both Cindy's car and money from Cindy, and Cindy wanted to press charges against her daughter. What? This was all reported to the Orange County Sheriff's Office, and I'm going to play the 911 call and the final call because there's three that come in, so you can hear Cindy versus Casey in this call. Okay. Someone here that I need to um, be arrested in my home. There's a possible missing child. I have a three-year-old that's been missing for a month. A three-year-old? Yes. Have you reported that? I'm trying to do that now, ma'am. Okay, what did the person do that you need arrested? My daughter. For what? For stealing an auto 
was throwing money. I already spoke with someone there, so they would patch me through the Orlando um, Sheriff's Department have a deputy here. I was in the car, I was going to drive her to the police station, and my one's open. They said they would bring a deputy to my home when I got home to call them. So she stole your vehicle? Yes. When did she do that? Um, on the 30th. I just got it back from the impound. I'd like to speak to an officer. Can you have someone come out to my house? Okay. Okay, I gotta ask you these questions so I can put them in the in the call, okay? Okay. Thirtieth of June. Yes. Okay. How old is your daughter? Twenty-two. Okay. What's her name? My name. Her name. Her name. And you said you have the vehicle back? Yes. Now I have the um, statement. She's there right now. Yes, I got it. I finally found her after a month. She's been missing for a month. I found her, but we can't find my granddaughter. Um, five foot, one and a half. Thin, medium, or heavy build? Thin. Color hair? Brown. What color, uh, shirt is she wearing? White. No. 911, what's your emergency? <laughs> I called a little bit ago, the deputy sheriff said, yeah, I found out my granddaughter has been taken, she has been missing for a month, her mother finally admitted that she's been missing. Okay, what is, what is someone here now? Okay, what is the address that you're calling from? We're talking about a three-year-old little girl. Oh. My daughter finally admitted that the baby turned to I need to find her. Your daughter admitted that your ba the baby is where? But the babysitter took her a month ago that my daughter's been looking for. I told you my daughter was missing for a month. I just found her today, but I can't find my granddaughter. And she just admitted to me that she's been trying to find her herself. There's something wrong. I found my daughter's car today, and it smells like there's been a dead body in the damn car. Okay, what is the three-year-old's name? Kaylee. C-A-Y-L-E-E. -E. Anthony. Kaylee Anthony? Yes. Okay, is she white, black, or Hispanic? She's white. How long has she been missing for? I have not seen her since the 7th of June. What is her date of birth? Um, 8, 8, 9, 2000, oh God, she's 3, she's 2005. Service. I did get to speak to my daughter for 
about a moment, about a minute. Okay, did you guys call and report a vehicle stolen? Um, yes, my mom did. Yep. Okay, so is it a vehicle stolen too? No, this was my vehicle. What vehicle was stolen? Um, it's the 98 Pontiac Sunfire. Okay, I have deputies on the way to you right now for that. But now you're, now you're three old to be, your three old daughter's missing. Kaylee Anthony. Yes. White female. Yes, white female. Three years old, eight, nine, 2005, her date of birth. Yes. And you last saw her a month ago? 31 days. From 31 days. Who has her? Do you have, do you have a name? Her name is Zenaida Fernandez Gonzalez. Who is that? Babysitter? She's, she's been my nanny for about a year and a half, almost two years. Why, why are you calling now? Why didn't you call 31 days ago? I've been looking for her and have gone through other resources to try to find her, which was stupid. Okay. Can you can you give me the name of the, the nanny again? Like, spell it out for me? Zenaida, Z-E-N-A-I-D-A. Last name? Fernandez. Fernandez? Hyphen Gonzalez. I think the officers are here. The officers are there? Yes. Okay, hold on a second. I'll hang up with me yet. Okay. So that's when police got to the house because her mom had already called three to two times before that about the stolen car, the stolen car that Casey took because it was her mom's. And I don't know if you could really hear it, but in the background when Cindy's frantic on the phone, yeah, she's reporting Gailey missing. And when the dispatcher asks to speak with Casey and Cindy says to Casey, it's the sheriff's department, they want to talk to you. Casey says, I don't have anything to talk to them about. Your daughter's missing. <laughs> your well, daughter is seems missing. Like, yeah, it seems like it's like, oh, mom, like yeah. you're bothering. You're being annoying. Now I got to talk to the police about my missing daughter. Like, why are you freaking out? Yeah, like, Zanny has her. I know. So obviously after this phone call, police are coming to the house. Casey was immediately asked to come in for questioning. Obviously, the cops had a very big suspicion of her going into this because of the fact that she didn't report her own daughter missing and how long Kaylee had been missing for. Also, how nonchalant Casey was and like Chase said, like very bothered. And there was a lot of discrepancies found in the signed statement that Casey made about Kaylee's disappearance. So we're going to talk about these throughout the episode, but... In order to get a full picture and give the timeline, we have to kind of go and order those discrepancies. Okay. The first, though, was that Casey's friends and family had never even heard about the nanny, Zanny Gonzalez. They didn't even know Casey had hired a nanny for her daughter. They've heard Zanny the nanny in conversation, but it was in regards to something else. So I'll tell you that Yeah, what does that mean? All right. Police then pressed Casey to help them identify Zanny, and Casey said that they had met through a mutual friend named Jeffrey Michael Hopkins. Casey mentioned that she dated Jeffrey Michael Hopkins briefly and that Zanny was his current girlfriend. She also described Zanny's apartment in great detail and told police, quote, This is the honest to God's truth. I don't know where Kaylee is. The last person that I saw her with was Zaneda. 
Casey then said that Jeffrey Hopkins was rich, he worked for Nickelodeon, and that his son, Zachary, Zachary frequently played with Kaylee. When police asked for the contact info, Casey told them, quote, Zenaida's number has switched a couple times, and Jeff's number's changed. <laughs> okay. So you don't have the phone number to your own nanny of but your you child. you just handed this person over to you? Yep. Zenaida Fernandez-Gonzalez did prove to be an actual person, but, quote, Zanny the nanny did not. The real Fernandez Gonzalez had absolutely no relationship whatsoever with Casey, Kaylee, or Jeffrey Hopkins. Jeffrey Hopkins attended the same middle school as Casey Anthony, and except for a single time years earlier when they ran into one another at a bar post-high school, he had not been in touch with Casey ever since they went to school together. So she's just straight up lying. Yep. Okay. Jeffrey also didn't have any children and had never met anyone named Zaneda Fernandez Gonzalez in his entire life. Zaneda Fernandez Gonzalez and Casey Anthony met because they were both touring an apartment complex at the same time. Zaneda Fernandez Gonzalez, no yeah, filled out an information packet and Casey took that information packet. So she's just like just using weird people's coincidence times meeting them and using them. Yep. Weird. Zanny the nanny had been used in a conversation because Clint House, who used to live with Casey Anthony's boyfriend, Tony Lazaro, stated in the Peacock documentary series that he believed that Kaylee was administered the sedative Xanax because he said that he thought that Casey was saying Zanny the nanny as like Xanax the nanny. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. And he said that that's what set a light bulb off <sighs> in his head because he was like, well, Xanax was around. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So Casey also told investigators that she worked at Universal Studios. This wasn't just something that she told police, but something she told her parents as well. For years, George and Cindy Anthony believed their daughter was working as an event planner at Universal Studios, and she actually did have a job on the lot of the park four years prior with a Universal subcontractor. But after that, Casey simply pretended to still be employed there. Yeah, so it's just compulsive lying yeah mm -hmm. the lie deepened as casey made up co-workers notably a friend named juliette lewis casey said that juliette lewis did a lot of volunteer work prompting cindy casey's mother to drop by universal to meet with juliette about a fundraiser cindy waited for 90 minutes and juliette never showed Cindy, who was completely upset by this, told Casey, and Casey explained that Juliet had suddenly up and moved to New York. Later, during the investigation, Universal said the company had no record of an employee named Juliet Lewis. Of course. Casey actually attempted to keep up the Universal job ruse, though, during the police questioning. Since police couldn't find anything on paper that Casey worked at Universal, the police officers decided to accompany Casey to the studio and ask her to see her office. Oh, shit. Yep. Casey did bring police to Universal on July 16th and even led them around on a walk for a while before finally breaking down and admitting that she no longer worked there. Casey was even waving at other employees who were walking by in the hallways and they waved back, but they were very hesitant and according to police had very confused looks on their face like, what, who's who this is this? Yeah. Around? Detective John Allen said, quote, you could tell by their expressions that, you know, she doesn't work in the building. She's not even somebody known to the people in there. And it was once that they got to a dead-end hallway, and it was evident that Casey didn't know where she was going, that she turned around and broke down and admitted that she didn't work there. Casey was then arrested for lying during this point. Casey also brought detectives to a, an abandoned apartment and told them that this is where Zanita, Zanny the Nanny, lived. What? Yeah, so she was literally bringing Just all of lying. these people. Yep. 
and like literally not giving up until the final yep. second until like, she until, had to until basically there's no other mm-hmm. out that's a hard way to live Mm-hmm. When asked why Casey Anthony felt the need to lie, John Allen said that he thinks she killed her own daughter and that she didn't want to get caught. Casey was being held in jail for lying to investigators and the search for Kaylee continued. During this time, police learned that Casey, in the 31 days that Kaylee had been missing, was living a very odd, to put it lightly, lifestyle for a mother with a missing child. It was learned that Casey had been spending all of her time partying going out, drinking with her friends, staying out late, and even got a tattoo that said, quote, Bella Vita, which means beautiful life in Italian. Hmm. Yep. Okay. Leonard Padilla, who was the bounty hunter and reality TV personality, put up Casey's bail of $500,000 and she returned home on August 21st. Padilla had hoped that Casey would lead detectives to find Kaylee, but he was disappointed when she failed to provide any additional clues and showed any lack of remorse. Padilla then labeled Casey Anthony narcissistic and promiscuous, which fueled the fire of public sentiment against Casey Anthony. At this point, this case was gaining global attention and becoming a national crisis as everyone was positive that Casey Anthony had something to do with her daughter's disappearance. Casey Anthony was arrested and back in jail on August 28th, only eight days after being released the first time, but this time was charged with forging checks and identity theft. She was arrested as the bond was rescinded as she was allegedly stealing and cashing checks from a friend and there were angry crowds demonstrating outside the Anthony's home contributing to the decision to put her back in jail. Good. Mm-hmm. Padilla actually went to go talk to Casey once she was released and she refused to talk to him. And he said, quote, I came, I gave it my best shot. She didn't want to talk to me. So what can I say? Mind you, this guy paid up $500,000 and you won't speak to him. No. So fucking like mm-hmm. she is seems like a very bad person. Oh, yeah. Yep. I mean, just a compulsive liar and just will not give up. Yep. And does not want that baby whatsoever. No. That baby was a burden to her. Oh, such a burden. Like, I want to... She wanted to be a young Yeah, she wanted to go party and do her thing. Mm -hmm. Casey Anthony was arrested and back in jail... Oh, wait. I already said that. I already said that. You did. (laughs) Casey didn't hide her emotions while in jail either. And in a spree of phone calls, she let the world know that she didn't give a rat's ass that her daughter was missing. In a profanity-laced phone call from jail, Casey Anthony told her friend, Christina Chester, and she lashed out at authorities for, quote, blaming me for stuff that I would never do and that I didn't do. Quote, I got arrested on a fucking whim today. Nobody in my family's on my side. That's all they care about right now. Finding Kaylee All about me. All about me. And I'm going to tell you all right now, I say it in every freaking episode it's never just bad checks no it's never just bad checks you're right on july 22nd 2008 casey was named a person of interest in kaylee's disappearance so after she got out of jail police were continuing to keep an eye on her if you remember casey's dad had said that there was an extremely strong odor in the car when they retrieved it back from the impound lot so with this police did confiscate that car and try to find evidence the initial hearing back in july introduced evidence that a cadaver dog had zeroed in on the smell of human decomp in the trunk of the car that Casey had driven away with Kaylian. Even though Casey was arrested on minor charges, the judge was disturbed enough by this evidence to set her bail so high, and that's why she was being held at $500,000. Damn. 
On October 14, 2008, Casey was charged with first-degree murder, and on top of that, her charges also included aggravated child abuse, aggravated manslaughter, and four counts of providing false information to law enforcement. On December 11, 2008, a meter reader named Roy Cronk found a plastic bag of human remains in a wooded area near the Anthony's home where Casey had been living their time with Kaylee. The skull had duct tape on it, and it was on December 19th, the remains were confirmed to be those of Kaylee Anthony. So it wasn't in the car, though. No. Mm. Ray was a utility worker, and it was later revealed that Ray had sought to convince police to search the area back in the summer because he saw something suspicious. But the police basically told him that he was wasting their time and they had nobody out there to go after and that they were trying to look for Kaylee. Of course. And he's like, well, there's this like plastic bag in this swampy area near this woman's home. Maybe and they're like, eh, no, we're good. Thank mm-hmm. you so much. Bye. Crime scene investigators said that Kaylee Anthony's skull and most of her remains were 19 feet from the road when they were found. More than 50 investigators recovered more than 390 pieces of evidence during 10 days at the wooded scene where Kaylee's remains were found, which was in the same residential neighborhood as the Anthony home. Among the items recovered were pieces of trash and black trash bags. So she was literally thrown out like trash. Yeah, just like thrown out. Yeah. Yeah, it's so disgusting. It's just horrifying. That's why like, I was saving this till the end, but like, that's why I really can't watch this documentary because she's disgusting. She's disgusting. Like nobody's child just goes missing and then is found taken out with the trash. And your response is everybody only cares about Kaylee. It's like, yeah, this person was a bird. It was like, oh my God, this child is a burden in my life. Mm Mm-hmm. This kid jacked it all up. Now I have to do this whole thing. Mm-hmm. The area where Kaylee was found was sick with vegetation. <laughs> sick. sick with vegetation. <laughs> it's Freudian slip because Casey Anthony makes me sick. Mm-hmm. The area was thick with vegetation and investigators used a county issued machete to clear some of the area so they could do their investigative work. There was duct tape that was recovered from the crime scene, including a piece of duct tape that had pink lettering. The lettering was dirty and weathered away and appeared to spell the word package. The Orange County Chief Medical Examiner reports that the bone showed no evidence of trauma and that Kaylee's death is being ruled, quote, a homicide of undetermined means. Although the skull is found with duct tape around the nose, mouth, and jaw, the advanced state of decomposition ultimately prevents investigators from pinpointing an exact cause of death. That's so nasty and sad. And so sad. So on January 23rd, 2009, George Anthony is taken in, into custody after doing a suicide attempt. And what? Yeah, George is, resp- resp- George is reported to be, quote, despondent and possibly under the influence of medication and alcohol when he's located at a hotel in Daytona Beach in Florida, along with a five-page suicide note. Whoa. Mm-hmm. On April 13th, 2009, prosecutors announced their intention to pursue the death penalty with Casey Anthony. And although earlier court papers indicated that the death penalty wouldn't be in Casey's sentencing or what the prosecution was going after, the new notice of intent cites, quote, sufficient aggravating circumstances in order to justify the death penalty in this case. Yeah. So. Damn. Yeah. With prosecutors seeking the death penalty, the trial of Casey Anthony began in June 2011 in Orlando, Florida, three years after the disappearance of her daughter, Kaylee. Cable news channels broadcast the trial live, and Casey Anthony, Kaylee, and the rest of the family dominated the news for that entire year. It was literally three years that that was on the news. Oh, yeah. It, it was, was It was what, the biggest trial since O.J. Simpson? 
that people watched live. Yeah, I'd probably say so. Yeah. Yeah. The prosecution opened up their case by painting the picture of Casey Anthony as a promiscuous party girl, unconcerned with her missing daughter and responsible for her daughter's own murder. It was also revealed that a website about the toxic chemical chloroform had been searched on the Anthony's home computer, and it was confirmed that chloroform was found in the trunk of Casey Anthony's car when it was found in the impound lot. Of course it was. She like dumped the baby and then dumped the child. I mean, dumped the child and then dumped the car. Mm Mm-hmm. During the trial, the prosecution's experts also testified that Casey Anthony's family computer had been used to Google words and phrases, including chloroform, chloroform, (laughs) (laughs) why am I struggling, chloroform, chest trauma, internal bleeding, how to make chloroform, and neck breaking. Oh my god. Yeah. No way. But when I was doing this, okay, when I was doing this case, (laughs) I was like, oh, you know, hopefully my computer never gets taken because I look up like how easy is it to stab somebody? Oh, true. Like, I, like my yeah, I but was, you're not killing people. No, and then they'd be like, "Well, she has a true crime podcast. She's mm-hmm. trying to be factual." But like the things that I search, I was like, "Oh, somebody who didn't know I had a podcast would be like, oh, you're a murderer. She's fucking psychotic." Yep. And I'd be like, "Well, yeah, but." Just a little bit. Aside from that. <laughs> so someone in the Anthony home had Google search, quote, foolproof suffocation on June 16th, the day that Kaylee disappeared. Oh, my God. A book about the case by Casey Anthony's defense lawyer, Jose Baez, had previously reported that someone made the search but had the timing off. The book suggested Kaylee's father had Googled the murder method. Oh, But WKMG reported that the search happened an hour later after George Anthony may have already been at work and that Casey Anthony is likely to have typed it in as she was home at that time. So his book lied about the timing and said it was an hour before it actually was in order to make it so yeah, that so George it was, it, home. Yeah, so it yeah. was home. Yeah, yeah. I thought I said that confusing. That's why I just wanted to mm, that. No. Google searches have already been used in several murder convictions. So for instance, in 2005, Mac specialist Robert Patrick was convicted of murdering his wife after evidence surfaced that he had Googled, quote, neck snap break, and then downloaded a document named, quote, 22 ways to kill a man with your bare hands, and then researched how deep the lake was where his wife's body was later found. Oh my gosh, he was just killing it on the search bar. <laughs> He's like, I do not care about internet tracking. I have a job to get done. You know, him and Google were not friends. No, they were not. Google ratted his ass out. Uh Uh-huh. Then in 2006, Justin Barber was sentenced to life in prison for murdering his wife on a beach. He had previously searched for, quote, Florida and divorce, as well as the words trauma, gunshot, right chest, and cases. (laughs) Good. He'd also downloaded and then deleted the Guns N' Roses song, quote, used to love her. That details murdering one significant other. So, as you can see, Google is not your friend when you're trying to commit murder. Nope, that's why technology is a great thing. Use Bing. Oh my god. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. That was a joke. <laughs> that was a joke. Sometimes I get scared because I'm like, what can yeah, I say versus like somebody like showing up and being like, you can't say you that. You told me that. Yeah. However, Cindy Anthony, Casey's mom, stunned prosecutors and the nation when she said that she was actually responsible for searches for chloroform on the family computer in March 2008, months before Casey Anthony disappeared. Oh, wow. Yeah. The prosecution argued in its opening statement that it was Casey Anthony who had searched for chloroform 84 times, as well as neck breaking and household weapons. The prosecution argued that Casey Anthony killed her daughter with chloroform and duct tape placed over her nose and the mouth and then kept Kaylee's body in the trunk of her car for days until disposing of her in the woods in a trash bag. 
The computer search allegations were also key to, pro to proving premeditation, solidifying the first-degree murder charge. The defense then came out on their side and argued that Kaylee accidentally drowned in the family pool and that George Anthony, Casey Anthony's father, helped Casey hide the body. So the Google searches didn't actually matter. Damn. All the, the, the defense was just trying to provide doubt, yeah. like any yeah. tiny little bit of doubt rather than like so they were like well yeah, yeah she's proof without yeah yeah you need yeah, you just out all you need is a doubt yeah during the trial computer use records shown to jurors indicated that kate cindy anthony was at work during the time she claimed to have searched for chloroform from the family home computer records revealed that someone using cindy anthony's username was logged on to her computer at the hospital where she worked for nearly nine hours on march 17th 2008 and march 21st 2008 the days the computer searches for chloroform were done by someone in the family home. Cindy Anthony's one-time supervisor at the hospital where she worked as a nurse testified that she oversaw Cindy Anthony's timesheets for their accuracy and would never falsify a timesheet and it would be illegal for Cindy Anthony to have falsified them. So Cindy was at work when she claimed to have said yeah, that those happened. Yeah, if she says she wasn't, mm -hmm. then she's getting... Yeah. another charge yep. for lying cindy anthony previously claimed that she'd searched for chloroform because she suspected her smallest dog might be getting poisoned from eating bamboo leaves in the backyard oh okay her search she said her search started with chlorophyll and then spiraled to chloroform computer expert kevin stanger from the orange county sheriff's office testified that he found no reference or search to chlorophyll in the searches done on the anthony's family desktop computer in march of 2008 yeah that just doesn't make sense to me no she's just lying to lie mm -hmm. the only reference to dogs was a search for fleas he said and references to bamboo referred to furniture and a tiki bar that they wanted to buy. Oh, okay. Cindy Anthony had also said that a pop-up with the words, quote, neck breaking was on her screen when she claimed she searched for the chloroform. Kevin Stanger said that somebody searching for the word neck breaking doesn't come up from a pop-up. It wouldn't register that that's no, the words that you searched like for. It's just like their lies are bad. It's bad lies. It's bad lies because it's like technology doesn't lie. Like your digital footprint doesn't lie. And the other thing what I thought is Cindy was doing what a lot of moms do where they might go into protection mode of like, I've already lost my granddaughter. Yeah, like, I don't want to lose my daughter. I get it. But it's but, like, why? Yeah. And for what reason? And then why lie? Right. Like, it's just like, oh my God. So I see where you, she gets it from. Right. It's <laughs> like, and there's a lot of people that think the entire family is guilty. I can see it. Like they think that maybe Casey did drown in the pool. But nobody ever got a story straight. So then it became this like, we'll just get rid of her. And then yep. Cindy Hannah had a mental break, called 911, which then got 911 involved. And then they're like, fuck, you yeah. blew it. Yeah. So I, I, it's just also fucking horrifying. But yep. Casey Anthony's defense, which was led by Jose Baez with co-attorney Chaney Mason, who was working pro bono, told a very different story. According to the defense, Kaylee had drowned in the family's pool on June 16th, 2008, and George Anthony had covered up the death so that Casey wouldn't be charged with child neglect. Jose Baez shocked the courtroom when he said during his opening statements that George had, in fact, sexually abused Casey Anthony, beginning when she was eight years old. No way. Yep. And that her older brother, Lee, had made sexual advances towards her as well. Ew, no way. Hmm? That's so weird. Jose Baez also claimed that Kaylee Anthony's father could possibly be George or Lee Anthony. Since this is a very big accusation, a paternity test was immediately done and showed that neither Lee nor George Anthony was Kaylee Anthony's father. Okay, thank God. Yeah, no. Whew, that would have been 
crazy. Jose Baez said that because of all the abuse, Casey Anthony was used to covering up her hurt. So though her daughter had died, it was easy for her to go out and party because she was used to being hurt by George, her father. However, George, her father, denied the allegations of any sexual abuse. Forensic reports from the examination of Casey's car are released, and the reports note that a hair strand discovered in the trunk is, quote, microscopically similar to those found on Kaylee's brush and showed, quote, characteristics of apparent decomposition. Additionally, an air sample from the trunk is found to contain chemical compounds consistent with human decomposition. So there was a body in the back of that car that and was, that was like decomposing. Yeah. During court testimonies, Neil Haskell, an expert in forensic technology, said Kaylee's remains were in the trunk of Casey Anthony's car for a few days before they were moved to the wooded area where they were eventually found. Evidence of insect activity at both locations supports this theory. Haskell testified that insects are related to decomposition were in the trunk of Casey Anthony's vehicle, and he said that fly investigators, I didn't even know that that was a thing, nope. were, dis- were associated with some paper towels sent to a national laboratory and found to contain decomposition fluids that were found in the car. Yeah, so she had the ba- she put her in the trunk, got scared, grabbed her out, put her in a plastic bag, and just chucked her. Mm-hmm. Yep. And left her in there in the Florida heat yep. in July. To decompose. So that's, your body would speed up in decomposition. That's so sad and so gross. Kaylee was missing for seven months before her remains were found, and previous witnesses have testified about evidence of decomposition in the trunk of Casey Anthony's car, which was a white Pontiac Sunfire. Haskell said of the scene where Kaylee's Oh. Haskell said of the scene where Kaylee's remains were found, quote, I have no question that that body's been out there for many, many, many months. On May 27th, 2011, Simon Birch, the manager of the towing company that impounded Casey's car in June of 2008, testified that he encountered multiple vehicles with dead bodies during his three decades in the business and that the smell from Casey's car was consistent with those past experiences. That's... Okay, sir. Then, um, excuse you. Excuse you. Call someone. Yeah, what the fuck? Yeah, bro, I know what dead body smells like. Her smell like the dead body. Did you call the police? No. Simon's like, I literally don't get paid enough for this. Yeah, I don't. Dude, you're an idiot. Could have solved the whole case. Chase is coming at the tow guy. <laughs> yeah, figure it out. That same day, May 27th, the fiance of Casey's brother also takes the sand and describes the, quote, very special bond that she observed between Kaylee and her mother, Casey. On June 6, 2011, Arpad Voss of the Oak Ridge National Laboratory explains how the, quote, shockingly high amount of chloroform detected in the trunk of the car led to his conclusion that a dead body was indeed present. However, his testimony is contradicted the following day by an FBI scientist who compares the chloroform level in the trunk to the amount found in household cleaners. Okay, well then how are you either one, like, how, you both are in a profession for it, but someone's either really wrong. Right. So how are y'all both in this profession? Right. So exposure to chloroform is harmful. It's a chemical and chloroform damages the liver, which causes hepatitis, and it can also harm the kidneys, brain, heart, and bone marrow. Respiratory injuries from chloroform exposure include respiratory depression, pneumoniatitis, and pulmonary edemias edemas chloroform is also a chemical released by decomposition but it is also used to knock someone unconscious so it has a lot of different it's a little sassy it's a little little spicy a little zesty yeah it's got it's it's the bad bitch (laughs) it's the bad bitch it's got a thing of everything (laughs) 
On June 8, 2001, a software designer testified that someone had searched for, quote, chloroform a whopping 84 times and also looked up search terms such as, quote, header injuries and ruptured spleen, chest trauma, and internal bleeding on the Anthony's home computer in March 2008 during the regular work hours of George and Cindy. So even throughout this trial, there's like more and more the computer scientists are actually like, wait, we found more. Yeah. There's more keywords we found. I mean, so yeah, it's a bad bitch. Mm Mm-hmm a bad bitch later that software designer came out and reported an error in his detecting software and determined that the user visited a site related to chloroform only once not 84 times Uh, how do you get that wrong (sighs) okay and then i'm just like sharing all these details because the software designer backpedaled after the trial ended so just keep that in mind oh i have no doubt yeah on june 23rd 2011 this was a crucial day for the defense as this was the day that cindy claimed that she was the one who researched the chloroform on the computer cindy also testified that a stain found in the trunk allegedly caused by kaylee's decomposing body was there when the family purchased the car eight years earlier now cindy and her brother lee did not, and still to this day, do not have a good relationship. Casey's lawyer came out and said that Lee had sexually assaulted Casey while she was growing up. She said that one time she woke up to Lee standing over her in the middle of the night while she was sleeping, and another time groped her. Ew. During the trial, Lee took the stand against her, and Lee claimed that Casey had kept her daughter Kaylee from the family because she was, quote, a spiteful bitch. He also described the smell in Casey's car as, quote, offensive, and Lee denied the allegations that he ever sexually assaulted Casey. In his testimony, Lee was asked about when he was first aware of his sister's pregnancy. Lee said that it was something that was kept from him until she really began showing, and at that point, Lee says that he questioned both his sister and his mother, but they did not give him a direct answer. Why? What's the mother got to do with this? Well, it's weird because the mom's like hiding for her. Yeah, this mom is like shady. Yeah, people think the whole family except for the brother is shady. She's very shady. So dad's a little shady too. Lee said about the pregnancy, quote, it was denied to me and I was told to let it go. Lee went on to explain that he did not attend the birth of his niece because he was, quote, a little hurt and just didn't want to be there. When asked to elaborate, he said, quote, I was very angry at my mom and I was also angry at my sister. I was just angry at everyone in general that day because they didn't want to include me and didn't find it important enough to tell me, especially after I'd already asked. So I was really hurt and I don't think I wanted to believe it. Lee also spoke about the period of 31 days before Kaylee was reported missing, and he said he tried to contact his sister on July 3rd, 2008. Lee said he called her multiple times, and when she did answer, he asked about Kaylee's whereabouts, and she said, quote, she was being watched while she was out with a friend. What? Mm-hmm. Okay. Then, on July 15th, 2008, the day Kaylee would eventually be reported missing, Lee went to his family's home to meet with his parents and his sister, and he saw the white Pontiac Sunfire that he used to own and was later owned by Casey. He said that the vehicle had a, quote, very potent, very strong smell. Lee also recalled how he had questioned his sister about her not allowing their mother to see Kaylee, and he said his sister responded, quote, because maybe I'm a spiteful bitch, so now so now we know why he refers to yeah. Casey as that. Yeah. yeah. Lee also spoke of how he had spoken to Casey alone about Kaylee and confronted her over why they could not bring her to his home. He said that his sister insisted Kaylee was with a nanny and that she did not want to disturb her sleep pattern. I mean, they like to lie, but they're not good at it. No. They're not good. No. 
Lee also recalled, quote, She told me that my mother had numerous times thrown it in her face, my sister's face, that Casey was an unfit mother for Kaylee and that Casey says, quote, maybe I am. And I went on to say that my mother had also referenced Kaylee as being a mistake, but a great mistake or the best mistake that Casey has ever made. I don't know whoever says that about somebody, but like... No, the more and more you talk about it, it's definitely a family issue. Like these people are nuts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think there's a lot more to do with the family that just her i can actually see the entire family coming oh yeah oh no doubt on june 30th the defense rested casey anthony did not take the stand in her own trial on july 3rd the two sides present their closing arguments and prosecutor jeff ashton continued with the narrative that casey was overly burdened by kaylee jeff then goes on to emphasize to the jury how young the mother was and how motivated enough to go extreme to achieve her freedom back he said quote something needed to be sacrificed and that something was either the life that she wanted or the life that was thrust upon her so she chose to sacrifice her child yeah Jose Baez was forbidden from revisiting the unsupported molestation claims against Casey's father and her brother, but he delivered an effective closing argument by pointing out the lack of evidence that could definitely place Kaylee's body in the car trunk or tie Casey to her daughter's death. I mean, yeah, I guess. Because when you have an FBI agent that goes back on the stand that says, well... That's why it's so freaking hard for these people just like who to believe. Uh Uh-huh. So the biggest piece of evidence that was disputed was the odor analysis of the air in the trunk of the car of Casey Anthony's vehicle. This is from crimemuseum.org, and the reason for its dispute was due to the infancy of the odor analysis technique and its lack of acceptance in the scientific community. The prosecution introduced odor analysis, which was a technique developed by Dr. Voss to present evidence of decomposition in the trunk. In his findings, he compiled compounds for the decompositional odor analysis database, and Dr. Voss found 41 compounds out of 424 compounds that are associated with decomposition in Casey Anthony's trunk. He states that nearly all the compounds found in the early stages of decomposition were found in the air captured in Casey Anthony's trunk. Voss's studies of odor analysis were primarily on bodies of burials in various depths of the soil. In the trunk of Casey Anthony's vehicle, the absence of the compounds found was not explained by Dr. Voss in the trial. Ugh, of course. Yep. A primary compound found in human decomposition and a significant marker in other peer-reviewed articles was also not found in the trunk of the car. So the absence of these compounds gave way for the prosecutor the defense to say yeah on july 5th 2011 after almost six weeks of testimonies and 400 pieces of evidence presented in court the jury of seven women and five men take less than 11 hours to reach a verdict of not guilty of first degree murder casey is sentenced to four years for the four counts of lying to the police that she had been convicted of and a four thousand dollar fine but the prison time was actually canceled out by the three years she'd already spent behind bars and got credit for her good behavior. On July 17th, 2011, Casey is released from jail and sent home. And when she leaves, Casey exits the Orange County Jail shortly after midnight, passing by approximately 100 protesters who showed up to demand justice for Kaylee. Jose Baez said, quote, It is my hope that Casey Anthony can receive the counseling and treatment she needs in order to move forward with the rest of her life. Unbelievable. Yep. Casey and her brother do not keep in touch anymore, and Casey did not attend Lee's wedding to wife Mallory Parker in 2012. Casey also revealed that she doesn't talk to her parents anymore during a 2017 interview with the Associated Press. George Anthony said, quote, I don't want to see her. I don't want to talk to her. I've always said that I would never talk to my daughter. I actually lost my daughter and my granddaughter in 2008. 
Per sources, Casey Anthony is still living in South Florida, and besides working as a researcher, Casey Anthony did try to start her own photography business in 2015. She created a Twitter account for her company, which was called Face Case Photography, but it was soon deleted when she received fewer photo inquiries and more questions about her trial and hate mail. I mean, fuck you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good on you. You're a piece of shit. In December of 2020, Casey Anthony launched a private investigation firm in Florida, paperwork for a new company that was titled Case Research and Consulting Services, LLC, was filed with the Florida Division of Corporation under her name on December 14th. And although some reports have implied that Casey Anthony wants to investigate the 2008 death of her two-year-old daughter, a source close to Casey Anthony told People in January of 2021 that that's actually not the case. They said, quote, that's a closed chapter in her life. She's not starting a company to get answers about Kaylee. She knows what it's like to be accused of something that she didn't do. She wants to help other wrongfully accused people, especially women, and help them get justice. And Case Research and Consulting Services is an active business as of December 2022. She's so annoying. Yep. She is so fucking annoying. Like, if my child died, I'd do everything until I found out what happened to her. Mm-hmm. And this person, she's just, fuck her. Yep. Karma karma will come one day. I hope it's soon for her. So Casey Anthony's documentary came out and she says that Jesse Grunt, her then boyfriend, could be Casey's po- or Kaylee's possible dad. And she said she, quote, made a selfish decision not to tell Jesse and lying to everybody about Kaylee's paternity. I think it's just another cover up of cover who's up to keep the dad. On, yeah. Off the trail. But yeah, fuck her. She's a piece of shit. Yeah, so that is the case of Casey Anthony. <sighs> yeah, she guilty. That's pretty much like a rough overview of the case. Yeah, no, I mean, I, you just, those yeah. are good. You, you did good. You did good. It, okay, because I was like, it could be really long, but honestly, she just pisses me off that I'm like, you know what? Yeah, just, you didn't want a child, so you killed it. And it's it's interesting because I feel like people our age remember casey anthony and see her as like fuck her people younger than us like the gen z's are like she she's innocent like you see it all over tiktok and i'm like oh my god she's literally placating to an audience that doesn't know what happened well also like i think her family does have some weird involvement in it because it's like they back tried to like her mom calls to confess on her then goes out of her way to like help her daughter out and then it's like yeah we don't talk to her anymore then she's li- a bad person then lies on the stand yeah it's like it's you're so fu- it's you're weird like mm-hmm. wow, you're weird you got all are weird weird yeah. ass people the only one who i don't think was involved was the brother the brother doesn't even talk to the parents anymore yeah who knows because the brother was like they didn't even tell me about her pregnancy so yeah, it's, it's like you hit a pregnancy like what is with these people in hiding pregnancy those are hard to hide yeah it's not like a baby bump comes out of your fucking stomach for that whatever mm-hmm. well yeah rotten hell you piece of shit i think she did it yeah and happy new year and happy new year <laughs> casey anthony still sucks in 2023 yes she does don't forget it but yeah, so wanted to make this our last final case because I know that there's some people that have, she's been back in the news, which she freaking loves to be because the woman loves attention. But yeah, I would avoid that documentary like the play. We don't want to give her any money. No. But other than that, I really hope that you guys enjoyed this episode. I hope that you enjoyed all the episodes of 2022. Yeah. This podcast has some really big things happening in 2023. I can feel it. I can feel it in my I soul. I know it. I, I know it. it. We're going to kick butt and you guys are going to like it with us you're gonna kick butt with us yeah together forever so again thank you so much for listening thank you for being a part of the crime with a k community community with a k community with a k (laughs) 
<laughs> and we will definitely see you in 2023. There's not going to be a second episode this week. I just really wanted to spend some time with my family. Chase wanted to spend some time with his. We explained that in the last episode. But you will be having us on January 2nd. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. With Happy Alyssa. birthday, Pops. <laughs> Happy birthday, Jake. Yep. It's a listener request, so we'll dive into that. And then 2023. Hey. Yay, yay, yay. I'm excited. Let's have a good, healthy year. Mm-hmm. Full of love and well, happiness. Happy New Year. We hope you all had a wonderful Christmas. We hope you had a wonderful holiday season and are excited for everything that comes. Yeah. With that being said, you can follow us on Instagram at Crime with a K. And you can send us a case to uh, Gmail. Oh, at Crime with a K at Gmail. Hey. And we're going to start posting on TikTok. So you can follow us on TikTok at uh, My Sick Moves at Crime with a K. Crime with My Sick Moves? No, yeah, My Sick Moves. You're going to see My Sick Moves. Oh, I was like, what? No, they're going to see My Sick Moves at Crime with a K. Oh, yes, I will. Chase loves to dance. I'll post those. Hey, All right. I love you all. Happy New Year. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.